There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Well, welcome back to WCN-TV. It's uh, Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. Um, good to see everybody that's that's tuned in here today. Betty, I just want to say to you, I was really blessed to hear your testimony on Coach's uh, testimony overtime show the other day. So thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Before we get going here, I want to make sure you know about our upcoming ministry conference sponsored by Wisconsin Christian News. Uh, if we have that poster handy, we can throw that up there. There we go. There it is. So it's our so solemn assembly and conference in Wausau, Wisconsin, April 14th and 15th. The theme is the great pushback against the great reset. And we have some great speakers lined up for you. Rather than me tell you about this again and sound like a broken record like I've done last few shows here. Let's just show a quick video. It's two minutes long. Take a look at this, folks. They don't want to make America great again. They don't believe in America first. Uh, they believe in globalism and socialism. The goal and the aim is to shut down the gospel proclamation. We will stand against that evil. We will not be quiet or silent as you're about to perpetrate evil. You've got to speak up. You've got to rise up. You've got to use the position God puts you in. And he said, who's to say you weren't born for such a time as this? And if that revival happens within us, what would it look like? What is the, what is the outward working of the Holy Spirit in a real revival? Wisconsin Christian News Solemn Assembly and Conference, April 14th and 15th, with a special music group, MPK Band, performing Sacred Hymns of the Faith. The conference will be held at the Stony Creek Hotel and Conference Center, 1100 Imperial Avenue, Rothschild, Wisconsin. Purchase your tickets today at coachdavelive.com slash events. That's 
coachdaylive.com slash events. You can also call 715-486-8066 for more information. See you at the conference. God bless you. All righty. So please do me a favor, folks, and plan to be there. Sign up, get your tickets, and hopefully you'll do it today. And also bring some friends with you, um, especially your children and grandchildren that are able to understand the times we're living in. They need this information, and it will be life-changing for them. This is one you don't want to miss. So I hope you'll hope you'll join us. So today, Lynn Frederick is with us with a very important message for everyone, parents, grandparents, and especially young people and kids. Lynn is an elder in his church. He's semi-retired on an, a small organic farm, and he enjoys living in God's earthly garden. He's also a monthly writer in Wisconsin Christian News. Like all of us, he has a testimony of how God reached down and saved him 24 years ago. His testimony may be a little different from yours. Uh, he was saved from a life of addiction to pornography and sexual addiction. He is now a speaker and author dedicated to sharing his story in the hope of helping others escape Satan's snare of sexual sin, which he's been using to great effect on people of all ages. We're going to be talking in particular today about the massive push for transgenderism Lynn has a lot of important information for us. It's likely that you know somebody or you maybe you somebody that you know is dealing with this issue right now. It's become so heavily pushed in our culture and society. It's everywhere you look. But before we bring Lynn in, I'd just like to show a quick two-minute video from someone who did transition and has now realized it was a horrible mistake. Now, this is a clip, i got to give credit. Uh, this is a clip from Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. Uh, take a look. I wonder if we can zoom in on that. I don't know if that's possible. I'm a biological woman that medically transitioned to appear like a male through synthetic hormones and surgery. I will never be a man. Is it transphobic for me to tell the truth why is it then a couple hundred years from now if you dug up my body they're gonna go yep that was a woman had babies can you tell me about the procedures that you you had i've had seven surgeries i've had one stress heart attack i've had a helicopter life ride uh with a pulmonary embolism i've had uh 17 rounds of antibiotics i had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra for 17 months. Nobody would help me, including the doctor that did this to me because I lost my insurance. I get infections every three to four months. I'm probably not going to live very long. Was there any real discussion of the risks and the side effects? And No. No, there's not. And I know that people want to think that there is, but there's not. The truth is, is that medical transition is experimental. We have um, studies that said that medical transition helps mental health, helps mental health with kids. They've all been retracted, modified, changed. But the only long-term study tells us seven to ten years is when transgender people are the most suicidal. After? After surgery. 
but that's transphobic to say. For the first time in history, a marginalized group has a huge dollar sign on the top of their head. We have five children's hospitals in the United States promoting that. What? That's a phalloplasty. That's a bottom surgery. We have five children's hospitals in the United States telling girls that they can be boys at $70,000 a pop in a surgery that has a 67% complication rate. That will kill me from infection that I can't sue on. We're butchering a generation of children because nobody's willing to talk about anything. I have three kids at the age that they're doing this to kids. I'm not transphobic. I love my kids and I love other people's kids and you should too. This is wrong on so many levels. Can kids consent? Do you think kids are no. capable of consenting to this? No, they're not. Being a parent is loving the hell out of your kids and helping them see around corners. Okay, that's apparently the end of her clip, but just a special note I want to make here. Lynn will also be um, speaking at our conference. Um, he's going to kick things off on Friday night at 6, and his ve- message is vitally important. I'm sorry I didn't get him in on the promotional materials, but I'm letting you know here um, so you can plan to be there and you can meet Lynn in person for yourself. So, Lynn, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming back. I think it was about a year ago you were here last. It's kind of been too long. So, thank you for being here today. I'm glad to be here. So, you have a very powerful testimony, which people can find in your book, uh, Stand Firm. But could you just give us a brief overview um, where you've been, a little bit of history of your own personal situation? Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of evolving uh, because there are certain things about that history that I really never talked about and I didn't write about them either. And that was my issue with gender identity. But I was uh, raped at the age of about eight years old by a neighbor man, and which I learned you know, since then that was probably more than just a rape. Um, and I've learned this from my you know, homosexual friends that have returned to their biblical identity, um, they tell me that more than likely I was being recruited by a homosexual, which is the the driving force uh, behind, it seems like the whole LGBT uh, activist groups are really driven by what's called the Homosexual Manifesto which is online, and they are driven to uh, turn children uh, to their way of life. And I was just one of their victims. But I found, you know, after that, you know, I was handed a stack of pornography. I found some kind of comfort in that. I mean, there was older kids that gave me that pornography at the same age. So I'm putting in this, uh, what I think is maybe helping me a little bit feel better about myself and my maleness, as I, at least I could see 
something in those pictures that were better than what I experienced when I, when I went through a rape. Um, so as sick as that might sound, I still found a little comfort in that, which might have worked for a while. But as that went on year after year, and I'm finding myself every time I feel pain or discomfort or uh, I'm in a crucial situation and I'm stressed out while well, I'm running to pornography to ease my pain, as opposed to running to God or to my parents or to some source that may have actually given me help. I isolated myself. And that's kind of, you know, I think typical of a lot of people who go through trauma and abuse is we have a tendency to internalize that and, uh, you know, just remove ourselves from society in a sense. You know, we may look good on the outside and we're crushed on the inside. And, uh, you know, with that, you know, short short history and I, I woke up to you know my whole life crashing at 38 years old so I was in the addiction of using pornography that way for 28 years and woke up to uh, you know my life falling totally apart and was the first time that I I reached out for help um, and that's kind of a long story in itself but I was able to find out that I wasn't alone uh, that there were other people who were struggling with sexual addiction, addiction to pornography, gender identity. You know, I thought it was the only one in the whole universe that had those issues. And I think that's what Satan likes to do to uh, people who are trauma victims, uh, anyone with addictive issues. It seems like we all feel like we're all alone. And in that, in that place, uh, the, the devil really has control of our lives. And when we, when we finally break that secret and bring our secret into the light, which is what I did, uh, the, the opportunity for help uh, begins to reveal itself and the sin begins to lose its power in our life. And that's been, I guess my journey has been, well, I, after um, I think 16 years in recovery, I decided I had journaled all the way through that. And I wrote a book about that. And my journey is very much like the journey of uh, Israel had from bondage in Egypt to the promised land. And that's my recovery was a journey. It took a while to be able to learn to trust God, to learn how to follow God, um, to learn what healthy sexuality was. I had to learn well, what is a man, what is maleness, what does that mean? It took a while for me to be able to learn those things. And I did that through self-help groups, as well as uh, um, being able to be with one of the greatest uh, sexual addiction counselors in the world, the late uh, Dr. Mark Laser. And you know, with, with the effort of a lot of other people and a lot of divine power from God, um, my life has been able to turn that corner and change to where I feel like I'm on. I live in that promised land now. I live in God's promises where I believe that every promise he's ever made is true. And not everyone, not any one of those promises will ever fail. And that's where I live my life now. And I try to bring what I know and what I've learned from God and my path on this recovery to try to share that with other people. Um, 
Lynn, you mentioned that um, you uh, believe you were you were being recruited, you know, at a young age. We need to make the distinction between the LGBTQP plus move, movement and um, the average person who may consider themselves a homosexual or a transgender or on the verge of either one of those things. Um, these people are victims of the movement, aren't they? Oh, many are. Because, because there is a there is an active um, uh, movement to recruit kids. Absolutely. I mean, that's uh, one of the first things that the parents that I know that have battled with uh, gender identity in their children and have been successful in being able to intervene in that process was that they had to get the computer away from their child no matter what it takes you've got to get them offline because online there are literally um, millions of predators that are on there at any given moment and they're coming from all over the place from sex trafficking from the lgbt community from the the trans activist community they're coming from all over but if if a kid goes online and begins to question their identity, they're going to be hooked up immediately with people that are pushing that. And what's, I believe, from what I've been finding out more recently, that that is now determined that it is a cult. And it is, they're very, very active in trying to draw kids into that cult. And it's very powerful once that they're in that cult. That's a, that's a good word for it, cult. Um from the research that I've done, Lynn, um, I found that there has been a 4,000% increase in people being so-called diagnosed with gender dysphoria in just the past two years. How do you explain that? Well, it's, you know, it's it might even be higher than that. The, the last one I read was 5,000%. Uh, it, it's just astronomically jumped, you know, from uh, uh, in the last, uh, you know, 10 years from, you know, just several uh, people having, you know, gender identity issues and maybe wanting to have gender surgery. Uh, and that's jumped into the thousands uh, now. Uh, in, in America, they're saying that there's a, about 150,000 uh, trans uh, people. But in America, it's amazing that with, even with 150,000 surgeries that have been done, like the gentleman that, that you introduced the, the show with, there is no database in America. There's no tracking system. There is no studies in regard to what, who were these people beforehand and how are they doing one year later, two years later, five years later, 10 years later. There are no studies, no medical studies whatsoever. Uh, so this this thing is uh, um, just, in a sense, it's insane, um, uh, where you have a, basically a 11-year-old child where they say, well, I think I'm actually, if it's a boy, he said, I think, I think actually I'm a girl, I believe. At that instant, all discussion has stopped and to try to talk to that little boy about well, why do you feel that way? Why, what's going on? You know, why don't you think you're actually a boy? That discussion is all done. 
if they're dealing with any of the gender clinics, any of the, it seems like most of the doctors involved or where they steer them to anyway, is that the only discussion is to move them towards uh, aligning their body with their mental capability or what their mental thoughts are. So by the time four or five years down the road and puberty blockers and uh, um, uh, trends or different hormones, um, this kid walks into a plastic surgeon's office with no diagnosis from anyone. The one who has done the diagnosis was that 11 year old child a number of years before. Uh, it's in the, in the medical world. I mean, that's basically to me, that's insanity, but that's where it is with these kids. They're being pushed into this and, uh, pretty much everybody that I have researched at all are all like the gentleman in the beginning as once, you know, they're saying the Swedish, uh, the only place there's any studies has been in Sweden on what happens later. And the Swedish information is saying that it's basically there you're on a honeymoon for the first two or three years, possibly maybe not that long, but a maximum of that long. And after that, everything comes back that they had before the internal battles, the internal struggles, the depression, uh, the mental disorders that they may have had prior to all are returned in full force but now they have mounted on top of this, the, the mutilation of their body. Um, so everything becomes worse. And the only way we found that out, I guess, is that the Swedish did a few studies. America hasn't done any of those. Well, and uh, you know, there have been, I don't even know the number of uh, cities, counties, and and states that have made it illegal to even speak anything contrary to what the child's desires are, or or you know what 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 they what they believe. There's no it, twenty states, twenty twenty states have made, have made it illegal. Yeah. Well, that's th those are states, but I also know of cities that have that have put those. Um, restrictions in place too so it's it's illegal to get any counseling for your own child correct so where are these ideas coming from um i, I really don't believe that the kids are are coming up with this on their own they're not you know i, I listened to a, a um a plastic surgeon say that you know you don't you don't have a nine-year-old boy or a six-year-old boy say i am a um I'm actually a girl trapped in a boy's body. That doesn't come from a child. That comes from adult coaching. And they're getting that adult coaching at the profound amount of gender clinics that have sprouted up all over. Um, I've listened to, to public schools teachers say, you know, at least in the schools they had taught at to get out of the school because it begins there. It begins with a, a child questions their identity. So they're allowed to bring different, you know, the opposite sex clothes to school and wear them in school. And the, and the teachers will call them by whatever pronoun they want to be called by. And they're actually coached and eventually can be coached into going to a gender clinic and begin the process of transitioning um, all under the uh, strict rules that mom and dad are not told a thing. 
it's yeah, like, and these, uh, yeah, these teachers are leading the conversation. They're, they're, you know, and, and some of the curriculum I've seen for some of the the public school classes, where they 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 kind of ask leading questions, directing the child into that direction. So, it's it's right. not the child comes to the teacher and says, "I feel this way." It's that, you know, it, it's almost as if, well, it is as if the the teacher is is leading the child that direction. Well, there's a there's a change in in philosophy, you know, that's going on in our world, and it, the whole thing about um, gender identity and and transgender is that I. It's like my body and my mind are separate. So I have a body and I have a spirit and not necessarily the two are the same. That's, that is contrary to biblical teaching where God created us a living, some translations say as a living being, some say a living spirit, but that word in Hebrew means that it is both body and spirit, they are one. You can't separate them uh, a, a good doctor will say, if you try to separate the spirit from the body, the medical diagnosis for that is death. But what's going on in the gender movement is that I can be whoever I want to be. And it, theologically, that goes from uh, the old world was we had God created and we the goal was to be study about God, learn about God, to live our life the best as I could under under his teachings, because that would be best for me. The new world is a satanic world. It says I can choose whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want. Nobody tells me what to do. And that's what the underlying, you know, what's going on in the, the gender identification issue in the transgender community is, is I, I choose who I want to be. Well, we, you know, Lynn, when I was a kid, I used to pretend I was the $6 million man, but my parents didn't, <laughs> didn't encourage that. Um, so I never became the $6 million man. I could have, you know, things I could have done, but, um, you know, nowadays, um, if even the smallest inkling comes up, these, I don't understand the parents who are encouraging this, the ones that know about it. I know that there are plenty who, who don't know about it, aren't allowed to know about it, but the parents that encourage their kids in this direction. Well, I think that this is a, this is, these kids are being told, if you go to a, let's say, if you go to a Dender uh, clinic, you're going to be separated right away. Mom and dad are going to be go to one room. The kids are going to go to another room and they're both going to be indoctrinated, but they're both going to be told something. The, the, the child is going to be told that, you know, if you don't do this and you don't follow through with this, you know, more than likely you're just, you're going to kill yourself. I mean, you have got to become who you believe yourself to be. And that's the only way you're ever going to be free from this struggle of who who are you really is to t make the determination you decide who you're going to be. Meanwhile, the parents are being told in another room, here's your choice. Do you want to have a trans kid or a dead kid? So they're lied to from the very beginning that that's their option. 
I mean, suicide is, uh, is obviously going to happen. So the only way to make this so you don't have a dead child is to let them go through this. And I, you know, I think I just really overwhelmingly, uh, there's a, a, a young lady who has gone through this. Her, her name is uh, Daisy Strongen. And there is a, a video that you can download and get uh, just called Disconnected. It's the name of the film. And her story is, is like what we've been describing here and the same as the man in the beginning of the, of the program. And she just said, you know, if I could, she's detransitioned and she's come back um, to her birth biology. But she said, I just wish when I was being trans that I would have just, you know, thought about this. I wish I would have just, you know, not taken any drugs. I wouldn't have tried to do anything. I wish I just would have said, just stop it. But she said, no one was telling me to stop, stop it. They were telling me that this is the way I had to go. If I didn't go that way, more than likely I'd kill myself. She said, I really, and this is a quote from her, I really needed someone to tell me that I was strong enough to get through this. She needed someone to believe in her, but the process collapsed it to say, you're not good the way you are. The, what you need to do is change your outside appearance and that'll make you who you really are. Um, and that's, a, that's the, the, the terrible lie that's being told to all of these kids and not just kids, some of them are adults. And they, they have the same story. They come back years later saying, man, I wish I would have never did that. Yeah. Well, I, um, I look at it from, um, you know, the young children, um, four, five, six years old, and then you have the, the teenagers. Do you think the teenagers are, are, are being, Peer pressured. I mean, is this like the hip new thing that they're they're supposed to be? It, is, it, it is, is, it a re, is it a rebellion thing for the teenagers, and um, just a, a, a brainwashing thing for the younger kids? Or well, there's lots of reasons, um, but some of it is fat, without a doubt. There, there's uh, it's almost a correlation with a number of years ago you can remember where the fad was like dressing in goth. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were putting on black and black stuff and black makeup and really, you know, and the whole goth thing was really in as a fad. Wearing your but, pants on the ground and <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm glad that's is, over. I think that's over. Yeah, that's over. But, but now it enters into this uh, enter the arena uh, this fad only this fad has lifelong consequences it's not the same but it's very much a, a, a fad that's being pushed by you know I'll try to remember but it's being pushed by the entertainment industry it's being pushed of course by the whole cult of this whole thing I, and it's being pushed by uh, well, the ones who are gaining the profit out of this are the doctors and the hospitals and the pharmaceutical companies. They're pushing this for money. And uh, as a result, these kids are like I, I, when they go online, 
they're being depicted as like heroes. And these kids are wanting to, they want to be one of them. They want to be one of these heroes. And one of the biggest susceptible groups to this is those who have mental dis mental disabilities, about 70% or uh, 30% have mental disabilities um, going into this. 70% uh, have been diagnosed with depression, but those 30%, most of the mental disabilities is autism. So an autistic child, you know, functional autism, they're able, they can function, but they don't feel like they fit in. They don't feel like um, they're accepted by other people. And they are a prime target because when they, when they start this, it's like at the beginning, they, they, nobody knew who they were. Nobody knows who I am. I'm like oblivious to everybody. But as soon as they say I'm trans, they have a world of people on the internet that all of a sudden are in love with them. They have uh, identification from peers and, and other trans kids that are around them, uh, from, especially from the, the groups that are formulating in schools of the, um, you know, the, well, I can't think of their name, I'll think of it in a minute, but the Gay Sex, uh, Gay um, Straight Alliance group has also now become the gender sexuality um, uh, a group as well. And what basically what it is, is it's a club, but they're recruiting centers and they're going on in our, in our schools. But these kids with autism or with these, you know, feelings of inferiority all of a sudden feel accepted and they're in a clubs and they're getting noticed by people on the internet. So they feel important. And that's a, that's a driving factor for them to go through and have the surgery done because all, all of a sudden I'm important. Yeah, um, you made a good point there. Um, suddenly someone who is, uh, um, feels like an outsider, um, feels like they have no friends, uh, suddenly they can, they can be popular they can be heroes. These are our heroes today in America, unfortunately. Right. But unfortunately, if they change their mind, uh, they'll become an outcast real fast. You well, know, within that group, those, yeah, yeah. Within that group. And that's where, you know, the church really needs to step forward for those people um, to be loving and, and uh, nurturing to the questioning and also to the ones that have, have gone that route and now are regretting it. They basically have nowhere to go. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, our, our churches are not even addressing this. Um, I would, I would guess once again, 99% of the pastors will never speak a word about it. And, uh, some of the churches are even on board with it. Um, I don't know if you know about tra trans closets in schools, but they also now have trans closets in churches where kids can go and go in as a boy and come you choose your outfit for the, for the day and, and uh, parents never know about it. Correct. And that, that's true. Um, but I think there's a, there's a time for us to stand up because they're, they're you know, hopefully get to this where there is a movement, there's something going on in California that I'm, and dear God sweeps our nation. But 
I think that it's, you know, our church uh, here, that I'm a member of our church, you know, this question came up, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's if you have a, a six-year-old child that comes home from school and says, Mom, you know, my best friend Rachel says she's a boy, and, you know, I've been thinking I'm a boy, too. Um, what does what is a parent supposed to tell that child? How is our church preparing those parents to give an answer to that child? The elder's response was, good question. But the result of that is, is that, uh, you know, I've met with our elders. Our elders are researching the data that's available uh, to bring into our church, to educate our teachers, to educate the staff in our church to be able to give the kids uh, that at least we're seeing in our own community um, answers. And I think that, you know, our church is, isn't the only church in the world. So I'm, I'm hoping that by talking about this, that other churches would would consider this. And, you know, if, uh, if they're afraid to, well, how will I bring it up? Well, that's you, you bring somebody like me in to, to talk about it. But there are also other highly, highly professional people out there to give information um, to churches. And I, I, I highlight uh, a group called Help For, that's the number, Help For Families. Uh, the founder of that, its name is Denise Schick. She is an expert in the field of homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, gender ideology, and she has a wealth of information. I mean, this lady trains uh, Christian counselors. She is uh, she's very expert, but she has a lot of stuff on her website, brochures, handouts, training materials for pastors, for teachers in, in our uh, church community. How do we deal with this issue in a loving and compassionate way? And she would be a very good uh, source for churches to to contact. I mean, she'll also come. Her materials online are free. So it's saying, don't worry about there's a big price tag to her brochures. They're free. It's a free download. Well, first of all, we need to get the pastors interested and uh, courageous enough to, to look into this, to investigate, research, and study it, but also to educate the people um, in the church, not just the kids, but but the parents and and grandparents, the entire Absolutely. church community should know how to respond to this, and and it's really sad that they don't. Right, um, and I, I think that um, you know, there. Well, mind I'll just jump to her. Her name is Erin Friday. She's an attorney in California. Her daughter went through this. She barely was able to intervene in time to to save her daughter from this happening to her but was able to was able to do that but now you know make a long story short in the process of that Aaron Friday is an attorney uh this really uh bothered her deeply and like she says there's nobody there there's no Calvary there's nobody coming to help so she's taken it upon herself to do what she can do as an attorney and she has started some lawsuits um in her opinion everybody gets sued. Now, I heard that this man in the beginning said, I can't sue anybody. Well, maybe that's not the case because there are lawsuits being introduced to not only to the teachers, the gender clinic, uh, the doctors involved in this, 
the, the plastic surgeons doing the surgery to the, to the hospitals themselves. This whole thing is driven by money. And the only way that we're going to see a stop to this thing is, is educating our kids as to their own true identity in Christ and in God, in their created body. But it's also to go after those entities that just want to profit from all of this to where they end up losing more money than they're making. So if, because if Erin is successful in her lawsuits in California, I believe there's also one going on in Canada. Uh, if they're successful, uh, this could sweep the nation as a means for other people who like money, which are attorneys, uh, to be able to sue these people that are involved and uh, get some retribution going. So um, that that's going on. I'm praying for Erin Friday, and you can get involved with with her at, um, it is just called ourduty.com group and you can go on there you can you can get involved like i have i said i'll help you i can speak i can write i can help you in those ways uh, but you can also just be an advocate you can get on their newsletter so you stay informed as to what's happening in the nation in regard to this is uh maybe not the church pushing back but this is the great pushback coming from the, the law side of, of things. And I hope they're successful at pushing back, just like we are in the church pushing back against what's going on. Well, yeah, I mean, we need, we need to deal with the legalities of it. And, and I know there is, you know, there is a drive for uh, profiteering um, off the, the lives of these kids, but I think it's more than money. Um, this stuff is is desperately wicked. Um, it is it is satanic. It's it this and this cult is so well funded. It's hard for the average parent to, um, you know, unless they have someone like like the attorney you mentioned uh, to advocate for them. It's, it's almost impossible to fight this system because the entire, every component of the system is against the parents. Uh, it, it is, it's, uh, you know, it, it, everything comes down to money, you know, and that's a, you take a, how much money is involved in this thing? Well, you take a, a child that has absolutely no problems health wise whatsoever. They're in perfect health. And you take them at the age of 12 years old and you put them on uh, cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. At one time, I heard of puberty blockers for a month were costing a family $30,000 a month. Um, that's just where it starts. But you keep doing that and they go on that and they, they're going to do the transition surgeries. They're going to be on those hormones for lifetime. Soon they begin to have other medical problems because they're taking a hormone that doesn't belong in their body. So that hormone is fighting every single gene in the body. Every single gene in a, in a, in a male's body is male based on a chromosome that he has. So they throw that, that uh, uh, estrogen into that boy's body and it begins to fight against all his genes, which begin to stir things up and cause other health problems, which are then dealt with with more medication for an entire lifetime 
The profit margin to pharmaceutical companies is astronomical. They're saying that just the, just the surgery part, the plastic surgeon, uh, a part of this whole scenario is now classified as a billion dollar industry and it is classified as a growth industry. When you classify something a growth interest in industry on a, like on the stock market, that means it's being marketed, marketed for money. So these pharmaceutical companies are marketing this whole thing because they know that if they can get the more kids they can get into a lifetime of drugs, the more billions of dollars they make. Yeah, um, but I guess I, I don't understand the motivation. I understand the motivation with big pharma and the uh, so-called medical complex industry, but what is the motivation for the wicked teacher who introduces this to a four-year-old in preschool? Um, well, I think it's uh, we're back to the, the war that we're at. I mean, we, we this is... Uh, uh, Christianity or Jesus versus Satan. I mean, this is a definitely a spiritual war. And the ideology of some of those teachers today, I mean, have been indoctrinated through years and years of education that were the, the whole idea of uh, transhumanism, where I am way above my body and I have this mental capability to ascend way beyond uh, what my body limitations are. And I, I think that that ideology is, is the driving force among those, what I would call evil teachers. I mean, they have, they have an agenda. Uh, they, I, I watched one guy that says, uh, I can't remember his name, but he believes that he is so far mentally ascended uh, into transhumanism, uh, which transgenderism is a part of that, is that he totally believes that within the next 20 years, uh, the software will be invented that can reawake consciousness of the brain. So he is he already has his wife's uh, thoughts and uh, brain processes as best as he could label them on file. So his is on file so that when those things happen, they can come back as a robot and have their total consciousness. This is the kind of stuff that's driving the educational system that's kind of behind all of this. This is a very spiritual war of, you know, where you have God on one hand, God, the creator God, who created us to be uh, in his image, whether male or female. And versus Satan, who says, oh, no, 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 you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. Um, and that's where the slide has gone over to where that seems to be the driving force, I think, in these evil teachers. So now we're up to 72, I think, different genders, possibilities, 72 choices, I think, is the last number I saw. Yeah, I, I heard that too, uh, you know, but it's on your profile. You can go online and kids are, do their own profile and they have like 50 to 70 choices of what they want to be. 
and that's uh, that's all a part of this thing of uh, i get mm. to choose who i want to be i don't have to be who i am nobody tells me to be who i am you know just a couple of weeks ago i had a news story come across my desk and i don't off the top of my head remember what city it is but there is a school district in wisconsin that is um now providing a litter box um, for one of the students who believes she's a cat. So what you mentioned about trans species is, um, I mean, it, it's, it's un- unbelievable. It's, it's exactly right. I mean, the Fund, funded by your tax dollars, by, by our, funded tax by dollars. our tax dollars. And it's uh, the, the, those kinds of things, you know, 20 years ago, we would have been, you know, sending that child to a therapist to find well, out. That's illegal wrong. now. That's illegal now. And you that, can't do it. And that's, that's illegal. So you can't send her there. So it, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's an awful situation we find ourselves in. But I think as Christians, we, we need to take it seriously that these are people that we want to if when we know about them, we got, we need to introduce ourselves. I mean, we need to get, we need to go back to the basics of you know, the the bottom line is of of all of this is redemption. That you know, it's it's really gone off course. But when Jesus died on the cross and He died to make all things new, but to bring things back to the way they were. You know, in the beginning, God created. And when he, his redemption on the cross brought that back. So no, no matter what sin I've committed, if I, if I have committed the sin of transgender uh, change, you become a transgender and I'm regretting that, man, we got to be there. You know, God is, the, is the, Jesus died on the cross for all our sins, died for mine. Uh, you know, and it, there's no, there's no kind of like limit or, or, one sin's worse than the other. One's better than the other. We're all the same as sin. We're going to hell without Jesus. And we need to introduce Jesus to those people. Because I, I know of a man who came back, like, like the, again, the person in the beginning, a man who transgendered and, and came back to his birth biology. When he come back, I mean, you're not coming back with your male genitals ever. And he was so crushed by what he had done i mean he divided his family he ruined his his own his own life i mean and he was just in shambles as, as far as uh, in his inner spirit it wasn't until he realized and read the story of the ethiopian eunuch that he could perhaps be redeemed through the blood of jesus and he found forgiveness in jesus and now he lives his life serving god and Jesus, as a, as a eunuch, he dedicates his whole life to the service of Christ and to teaching other people not to do what he has done, but rather reach out to Christ before they would do something like he did. Yeah, and, and I, I firmly believe that the church and church people need to uh, be equipped um, to minister to these folks. Um, as they're on the verge of of considering things like this and when they're going through confusion and loneliness and they they think they found a a home and a community in this transgender world 
um, the church needs to tell them the truth. Nobody else in the world is going to tell them the truth if we don't do it. Who else is going to do it? It's it, it, it's up to us, folks. So absolutely. You do know, we have anybody a... in in the audience that has a question or a comment um, before we? If you do, just raise your hand, and I'll we'll bring you in. Well, let me ask you this. Anybody in the audience know of anybody who's gone through this or is dealing with this? Yeah. Betty? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say names because it's we've gotten in a fight over it. But somebody married a man whose son had two children, a little boy and a girl. And the girl was two years old. And the girl decided she didn't want to be a boy. I mean, a girl. So guess what? They made her a boy. And I got so mad. I said, she's still in diapers. How can she make that decision? So she was two years old and now she is a boy. I am so mad at these people. Yeah. And unfortunately, I get um, emails and prayer requests every week from people who are dealing with this within their families. Um if it's not their own children doing it to their grandchildren, it's, you know, somebody that they know is dealing with this situation. It has permeated absolutely everything Um, to be getting as much as many prayer requests and emails as I'm getting on this topic. um, This is bigger than any of us, I think, realize. It it is huge. Um, I think we always have to remember we're in a spiritual war. And, and this uh, Satan is very active. And sometimes I think for a lot of years, we've taken him for granted. Like he really isn't a living being, that he really isn't active. Um, well, he is, and he's dressed an angel of light and he deceives. So he's deceiving parents. He's deceiving grandparents. He's deceiving children. And, and, you know, in regard to, a, you know, a two-year-old child, I mean, the child isn't being deceived at that point, but the parents are being deceived at that point. And I am a firm believer that the only way that we can fight Satan is through God's word. I mean, we can come up with all kinds of our own words. We can get mad. We can yell and holler. We can do all of those things, but it has no effect against Satan. The only thing that, you know, and I learned that from what Jesus did when he was tempted, when he was faced with, with doing, not being obedient to his father, he always quoted God's word. And I think that's where we have to begin, you know, and, that, and we use God's word in, in, in regard to parents, in regard to children that can understand is that, you know, Genesis 1.27 says that we were created in his image. That doesn't mean we were created to look like him. We were created in his character. We were created to be like him. So whenever we see or hear an example of who God is in the scripture, I'm created in that image. I can have that character about myself. But I think one of the neatest things to, to tell kids is that, you know, when I was in the womb, God said when I was in the womb, when they were in the womb, that God knit them together while they were in that womb, that he made them fearfully. And the word means great. He made them great. He made them mighty. He made them strong. And they were wonderfully made. That is, they were marvelously made. It means they were set apart. 
they're being told that, that they're no good the way they are. They have to change their exterior uh, appearance to, to match up with their internal thoughts. Where in reality, as God says, I know your internal thoughts. I knew them and I knit them together while you were still in the womb. And you, I created you to be great, whether you were a girl or a boy biologically. I created you to be great, to be mighty and strong, to be marvelous and to be set apart from all others. You're one of a kind. You are unique and wonderfully made. And I, we need to quote those scriptures because it's the only thing that has power over Satan. It's the only thing. So dig up the scriptures and and start quoting them to people who are in support of it and people who are struggling with it. Uh, that's the only that's the only way I know. It's the only way I climbed out of of addiction myself was to change and transform my brain um, by memorizing God's word and putting it into me so that my behavior would change. And transformed I, by the renewing of your mind. Correct. Um, Lynn, uh, for fo- folks that uh, may need some help with this issue, you are available uh, to you, you do you do help with counseling people, correct? Yes, I, I will talk to people and help in any way I can. Yeah. And uh, people can find more resources on your website, which is lynnfrederick.com, F-R-E-D-R-I-C-K. There's no E in the, in, it's, well. There it is, lynnfrederick.com. Yep, just not and, in the uh, middle. Yeah, so, um, and his, uh, Lynn's phone number is in there. You can call him and talk to him. His email's in there. You can write to him if you want to write to him. Um, and you can come and see him in Wausau, April 14th and 15th. And I'm sure he'll have some good resources for you there, too. Any final, final last thoughts, um, Lynn? Oh, I guess I, I look forward to being in Wausau, and yep, I'll have some some resources there. I'll have resources on the dangers of pornography, but I'll also have some resources on what do you tell your children if you're going through this. I'll have some of Denise's uh, information there with me. So uh, please come and talk. If there, there's you can't the only way that we can bring an end to uh, satanic power in sin is by bringing it into the light and talking about it. So right. start there and come talk to me. You know, a lot of times people are hesitant to come by your booth because they'll there's there's a stigma attached to um, uh, pornography addiction or sexual addiction, isn't there? Yes, there uh, is. You know, it was kind of funny. Matt Trouble uh, said the last conference we were at, he looked at me about three quarters of the way through and he said, Lynn, you must have the table most walked by. And we talked about that. There is a stigma, you know, with it. So you won't see a, a word on my table this year saying pornography in great big letters. You'll just have my name and uh, use the divine power of God to transform your life. So you'll have to look for me by name, not by a big banner that has pornography written on it. So I don't so, think anybody wants to stand in front of that word. <laughs> well, it's, you know, like you said, people believe they're alone in this, uh, but there are more people than we realize that struggle with it. And uh, and now things are have ramped up with the, uh, the cult that we've talked about here, um, recruiting even more. So um, 
Again, lynnfrederick.com. Come to the conference April 14th and 15th in Wausau. Get your tickets at coachdavelive.com slash events, and we will see you there. And uh, a lot more excellent information for you um, at that time. So we will see you all next week. That's it for today. We're out of time. But God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you.